Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Today we are starting a brand new series called Beyond Blessed, Beyond Blessed. And this is a series that is all about what the Bible has to say about money and finances and generosity and stewardship and all those type things. And you need to know right off the bat that the Bible actually has a lot to say about this subject. In fact, there are 215 verses on faith. So on faith, that's a big deal. How many of you would say faith is a very big deal? 215 verses on faith. Well, there are 218 verses, so three more on salvation, which is a really big deal. But then there's, get this, 2,058 verses on money. There are five times more verses about money than about prayer. And Jesus said more about money than about heaven and hell combined. And Jesus, all throughout the gospel, shares 38 parables, and 16 of those bad boys are all about money and possessions and different things like that. Well, Luke chapter 11, verse 28, it says this, Jesus talking, and talking about all those verses, all the things that are in there, but even more, and here's the word, blessed, even more blessed are all those who hear the word of God, all those verses, all those parables, all those different things that are said about that, who hear the word of God and put it into practice. Today, in my personal devos, I read in Psalm 128, it's not going to be on the screen because I just read it this morning, uh, Psalm 128 verse 1, it says, blessed are all who walk in obedience to him. In other words, that when we hear God's word, and we put it into practice in this area and in every area of our life, we will be blessed. Listen, church, God's ways are God's ways for a reason. They're always to help us. They're always to make our lives better, not worse. And so what these verses say is that when you not just listen, but when you actually start to live out God's word, you will be blessed. And that's why James chapter one, verse 22, it says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. And by the way, that is something that I want for our church every week, because I want you to know every single week that we come in here, this is not opinion. Like I'm not coming in saying like, Hey, you know what? This is what I think about some of this stuff that my goal when I come in here is to say, okay, God, what do you have to say about this stuff? And I pray every single week for myself and for you that we just won't be hearers of God's word, but we'll be doers of God's word. Why? Because listening to God's word won't make you blessed. Obeying God's word is what will make you blessed. Now this word blessed, I, it's a pretty churchy word, right? Like it's, it would go into the category that I like to call Christianese. You know, this language that you hear at church a lot of times that you kind of know what it means. Maybe you don't, but you still say it because it's what we do when we're at church. And, and so it's this really churchy word that you hear oftentimes where it's like, hey, how are you? I'm blessed. <laughs> you ever heard this? Like, I'm blessed and highly favored. You ever heard that one? I mean, that's next level right there. It's like, 
not just blessed. I'm also highly favored. Uh, you ever heard like somebody be like, oh, I'm just too blessed to be stressed, you know, just that, or I'm too blessed to be depressed, you know, just that, just, just you hear all the time, I, I'm just, I'm just blessed. And often, here's what I found is that this word blessed is often associated with things like materialism and consumerism. But I want you to know that that's not what that word means. The word does not mean consumerism or that you have a lot of things or that you have a lot of money or you have a lot of possessions or that you live in the right neighborhood or that you drive a nice car. That's not what it means. And here's my simplest definition of what blessed actually means. Blessed is having God's power working for you. And that's in every single area of your life, not just that one specific area of your money and your finances, but it can be applied to any single area of your life, having God's power working for you. But I want to make sure that this is crystal clear right off the jump in this series is that we do not buy into, nor do we promote a prosperity gospel. That is not who we are. That is not what we do. That is not what this series is about. We're not buying in or promoting some prosperity gospel. Listen, you cannot buy a blessing. You cannot. No, like we don't believe that we give to get. No, we believe that we get to give. And it's a, it's a big difference. So in this series, you need to understand we're not talking about having a blessed wallet. We're not talking about having a blessed bank account. We're talking about having a blessed life. And this may shock you, depending on kind of what you've heard in the past. But I want you to understand right off the bat, this is just me setting up this whole series, by the way. I'm going to do this for like 15 minutes. Um, And this may shock you, but God wants to bless you. He does. Like God wants to bless you. In fact, let me show you. Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse one, it says this, the Lord, so God is talking. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family. By the way, Abram would eventually become Abraham and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. And then he says this, I will bless you. Notice that it's God's idea, not Abram's. That God says, I will bless you and make you famous. And then he tells him why he wants to bless him. And you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. By the way, that points to the fact that Jesus would eventually come from that line. And then even us today are blessed through that blessing. And so here's what God says. God says, Abram, I'm going to bless you, but I'm not just going to bless you for you. I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing to so many other people. And some of you may be sitting there saying, yeah, but that's an old Testament promise. Come on, pastor Brian, that's OT. That doesn't apply to today. That's God talking to Abraham thousands of years ago. That doesn't apply to us today, right? Oh, really? 
Let me just show you one verse in the New Testament. Galatians chapter three, verse 14. Through Christ Jesus, through what he did on the cross, through what Jesus did for each and every one of us, God has blessed the Gentiles. That's anybody that is not Jewish. That God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham. Meaning that if you've made the decision to follow Jesus, you are blessed with the same exact blessing. And here's the principle that we got to get throughout this entire series, because if not, you'll miss all of it, that we have to understand that God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. We have to get that. We have to understand that God, that he blesses us. And it's not just for you, that God blesses you. He blesses me so that we can be a blessing to others. Now, let's just go ahead and right off the bat, let me just address the elephant in the room. Because I understand that there can be so much baggage and so much tension associated with this topic. And just know right from the jump, this is important that you hear this, that we don't want anything from you in this series. Legit. We don't want anything from you in this series. I'm not trying to get you to give more money. This series is not motivated by anything that we need. There's no surprise building campaign coming at the end of this. There's nothing like that. There's no like, like, oh, surprise. <laughs> like there's nothing that's coming at the end of that. There's no bait and switch that, that, listen, this is not motivated by anything that we need. Like we're doing just fine. We are because you're amazing. And because this church is so stinking generous. And, um, by the way, I love you guys so much and I'm so proud of you. And I'm so thankful for your consistent faithfulness and generosity, not to a church, but to God. And I'm so grateful for that. We're, we're doing just fine. Listen, we've never asked you for money. And we're not going to start with this series. By the way, if you've ever got a direct message from me that's asking for money, that ain't me either. <laughs> just going to go ahead and let, the, let everybody know. Block that sucker, okay? Hooligans, Okay. But we've never, we've never asked you for money. We're not going to start. So please lower your defenses, lower your walls. Okay. If you're, if you're like this in your soul, relax, like we're good. We're good. Listen, we don't want anything from you. Listen, from the jump, we've decided that we don't want anything from you. We want everything for you. My only agenda in this series is to help you. And a lot of the content is from this book called cleverly enough, Beyond Blessed, um, by one of my pastors, Pastor Robert Morris, who leads a phenomenal church that meets all throughout the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex that uh, my wife Heather and I, we had the privilege of being on church staff before we went and went on this church planning journey. And, um, and so much of the content that we're going to be sharing not only is from God's word, but, but it's, 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 he does such a phenomenal job of communicating so many of these truths in this in this book and to prove that we genuinely only want to help you, um, we decided to make an investment into you and give every single person at church a free copy of this book. 
Uh, and, and by the way, it is a hardback, okay? Like, <laughs> real deal, okay? Not a Kindle, nothing like that, like this. And so we have these on the way out, and, uh, and we just want you to know, we, we'd love to bless you with this book. And um, it's, it's, it's impacted my life deeply, and we, we want to give that to every single person that's here. Um, but listen, I want to challenge you with something. I want to challenge you that on your way out, if you grab one of these, here's my only challenge. Read it. Don't let this collect just dust on your bookshelf. Like we want to make an investment into you and the investment into you won't be happening if this stays on the bookshelf. And so I want to encourage you, if you take one of these, I want you to read it. Okay. And then also we have another resource that's really awesome during this series. Again, we're just trying to help you. That's what we're trying to do is we're providing a free 28 day online devotional, um, all throughout this series. And you can find that, uh, right there at that website, queencitypeople.com slash beyond blessed. And that'll start tomorrow. It's 28 days. It has a reading and something that you can pray and has some scriptures for you to look at. And then you can also find that on our app. And so we have a church app and all that's going to be on there. I just want to encourage you to do both of those things. And I believe with all my heart that these resources and this series has the potential to deeply change your life. And so I'm so excited. And today, let me just jump into a little bit of the content. So if you're taking notes, I want to kick off this series. And really today, I'm just trying to lay the groundwork Um, and really trying to set up the rest of the series. And so I want to do that by sharing a message that I've just entitled, A Life of Blessing Walks on Two Legs. So a life of blessing walks on two legs. Again, we're not talking about a blessed wallet or a blessed bank account. We're talking about a blessed life. And 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 a life, it walks on two legs. And all throughout the Bible you will see that there are two financial legs that I'm calling that you'll see over and over and over again. And here's, here's the first one. Leg number one is generosity. And it's, it's the leg that you probably think about the most when it comes to church and this conversation. It's, it's being generous. And this is the one most people think about when it comes to this topic. But generosity is absolutely essential when it comes to experiencing a life of blessing. I'm telling you, Let me just tell you, life is so much better when we are generous. Like there are so many benefits to being generous. One is just fun. Like it's fun to be generous too. Like it not only changes other people, I promise you it'll change you. And three, like when you give, you are the most like God. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. But when you give, you are actually the most like God. In fact, finish this sentence. God so loved the world that he, yeah, like that's who God is. Like God's a giver. And so when we give, we become like God. I'm just telling you, life is so much better when we live open-handed instead of tight-fisted. That when we live life like this, with everything that's been given to us, life is so much better than when you live just all tight-fisted. But let me tell you one of the most underrated benefits of being generous. One of the most underrated benefits in your life of being generous is that I found that it's the number one thing that works selfishness and greed out of your life. 
Like whenever you are generous with what God's given you, it has a way of working out like any bit of selfishness and greed that you have in your life. Let me put it this way, that being generous is the best way to make sure what you have doesn't have you. And that's why in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, Jesus, he actually says this, that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Because there's so many benefits to that. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 in the message paraphrase says that the world of the generous, I love this, it just keeps getting bigger. Like it gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy, the world of the selfish, the world of those that hold everything tight fisted all that world, you think you're keeping it, but it just keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And this is the time of the year at our church. So if you are new to our church, and maybe this is your first time around this season, around this season at our church, kind of the end of the year, holiday season, like we really as a church try to ramp up our generosity during this season. Because often in culture, this is a season that's all about what I can get. But what we like to do is to think about what all can we give? In this, in this season. And it's why we do legacy, this legacy offering every single year around this time. But here's one practical way that you can be generous over this series. And I want to I show you this. This is, I think we have like a picture of it as well, uh, because this is real small. Uh, but we have these available and we call these just acts of kindness cards. And this is one way that I want to just really challenge you throughout this series is to one tangible way how we can, as a church, kind of open ourselves up to generosity. And, and we have these, and we just call them just acts of kindness cards. And by the way, we have these available all year long, uh, but we're going to make sure we order a lot of these over this series so that we can make sure that we constantly have these on hand throughout this series. And with this, we want to make sure that we really, during this next month, to really flood our city with acts of kindness and generosity. And by the way, you can find a lot of ideas on our website at queencitypeople.com slash kindness, I think is what it is. Yep, slash kindness. And there you can see there's all types of ideas that we have for how you can do this. But here's what I wanna challenge every person to do today. Whether you're watching online, whether you're here, if you are here, I wanna challenge you on your way out, you'll see the signs right by the doors. And you'll see all the different cards that are there. I just want to encourage you to get one. Get one today. And then here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want you to say, God, will you open my eyes to see an open door for me to be generous, for me to be kind to somebody this week? And then when God opens that door, here's what I'm going to pray. Because I think God's going to open up a door. You're going to see it. But in that moment, it won't be a vision thing, it'll be a courage thing. And it's like, do I do it? <laughs> and I wanna, I wanna just encourage you. I wanna put courage, that's what encourage means. It means to put courage inside somebody. And I wanna encourage you to have the courage when God speaks to be generous. Maybe that's just paying for the person behind you in the drive-through line. And when you do that, you hand this to the person that's working and say, hey, I wanna pay for the person behind me. 
And when they come, will you just hand them this? Because it says, here's a small gift to brighten your day, no strings attached. Or maybe if you have the guts, maybe you're buying, maybe you're pumping gas and you just want to pay for the person beside you. And just be like, hey, I know this is weird. (laughs) But I'd love to just pay for your gas. And here's why. Because God's changed my life. And I just want to remind you, and I want to give you this. I want you to know that God loves you and he sees you. And that's it. You don't have to lead them to Jesus. You don't have to do a Bible study. You don't have to do nothing like that. Just, <laughs> but I want to encourage you on your way out. Don't just grab a book. Grab one of these. And I want to encourage you. I'm telling you, it is such an amazing thing for your life when you get to experience something like that. When you know, I was obedient to what God asked me to do. And so I just wanna pray that you do that. So the first leg is generosity, but it takes two legs to walk. And so the second leg, leg number two is stewardship. It's stewardship. So you may be sitting there being like, what in the world does that word mean? What, does, what is stewardship? And We're going to talk a lot about stewardship in this series, but here's my simplest definition that stewardship is simply taking care of what's been given to you. That's my simplest definition of stewardship. It is simply taking care of what has been given to you. See, stewardship is faithfully managing all that has been given to you. That's another way to say it. And so, yes, you steward like finances and you, you steward money and possessions, but you also steward everything that's been given to you. Like you steward your relationships, your friendships, your marriage, your kids, your influence. Like you, you steward your leadership that's been given to you. You steward your job, your gifts, your talents, your home, your energy. You have to steward your creativity and your innovation, like everything that's been given to you. Let me put it this way, that life is stewardship. That's essentially what life is because everything we have is God's. In fact, in Psalm 24, verse one, it says, the earth, all of it, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, that the world and all its people belong to him. Psalm 89, verse 11 says, the heavens are yours, and the earth is yours. Everything in the world is yours. You created it all. Everything we have is God's. And these verses point to this truth that he is the owner and we are the stewards. And it's really important for us to get this. And I hope you get this. Listen, I'm just trying to help you. I'm just trying to help you. And that thought, that principle, that God is the owner and I am the steward has literally changed my life. That when that clicked, everything shifted whenever that came, is that everything that we have is God's. He's the owner and we are the stewards and we're just simply taking care of what has been given to us. So as parents, Heather, my wife and I, we are trying to teach this to our kids. We have two two little boys, two little consequences of passion, um, and they are... Jordan is 10 and Caleb is seven. And we've been trying to teach them this principle. 
It's like, how can we teach little kids that everything is, is God's and not theirs? And so one of the main ways that we teach them is this iPad. And so, um, don't know if you can tell, uh, but this is an iPad that's primarily used for kids. Um, I don't take this out and like, I, I, this is not mine uh, in terms of this is not my case for sure. And, um, and so the old digital babysitters, come on parents, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm kidding, sort of. Um, <laughs> but we, we try to teach them this principle using this because oftentimes this is what we'll hear. We'll catch them at times and they'll say like, hey, where's my iPad? I'll be like, excuse me? Whose iPad? Oh, wait, son, I didn't know that you got a job and you went and you had the money so that you could go buy this, including this cool case, so that you don't shatter it in half a day. (laughs) And I'll sit there and be like, okay, one more time. Whose is it? And they'll be like, where's your iPad? (laughs) And, um, (laughs) cause I like to sit there and tell them like, I, I, boys, I know that this looks like it's yours, but this is not yours. And so we're trying to teach them and condition to them right now at 10 and seven years old, that we're trying to teach them that that everything you have belongs to your dad. And let me tell you what one of my goals is for this series, church, is to teach you and for us to buy into the fact that everything we have It belongs to our dad, that we have a heavenly father that owns it all and that he has blessed us with the opportunity to steward this. We can toss it because one, I trust him to the case. And here's the truth. These two things that we're talking about, these two legs, like generosity and stewardship, they go hand in hand. Like you got to have both. It's really important that you just don't have one and not the other. You gotta have both because write these two principles down. That generosity without stewardship is being irresponsible. So whenever you just kind of go on that leg and all you do is like, let's just be generous, but we have no clue how much we have, then eventually that generosity is irresponsible. But on the other hand, that stewardship without generosity is being stingy. And so let me just put it a little bit stronger. That stewardship without generosity is being selfish. So we have to understand that both of those principles are true. Generosity without stewardship is being irresponsible, but stewardship without generosity is being stingy. And what we need to understand, church, is that neither of these things are God's plan. Like that's not what he, he doesn't want your life to look like either of those things. This is not God's best for your life. No, God wants you to be both a generous giver and a wise steward. 
And being a wise steward actually allows and enables you to be a generous giver. Like they go hand in hand. So here's what I want you to imagine as we kind of put a bow on this today. Here's what I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine a life that is full of contentment. I want you to imagine a life full of peace where your soul deep down is satisfied, where you lay your head down every single night and you sleep like a baby, no matter how much stuff that you have, no matter how much money that's in a bank account. Imagine a life where your soul just has that much contentment and peace. Imagine a life where you're not living paycheck to paycheck, month after month. Imagine a life where you're living with margin. I want you to imagine a life where the reality is you're not drowning in debt. And it feels like you can barely breathe. I want you to imagine a life where you're able to give whenever God speaks to you. Where you consistently tithe, where you put God first in your finances, but then you can also experience the thrill of meeting tangible needs whenever you see the need. I want you to experience that. I want you to experience a life where you're able to give whenever God speaks to you. I want you to imagine a life where you don't get a pit in your stomach every single time you think about retirement. I want you to imagine a life where you can actually go on vacation so that your soul can find some some rest and to recharge and to be refreshed, which by the way, all that stuff is very biblical. I want you to imagine a life where you're financially free a life where there's no fear, no stress, no worry, no anxiety that is attached to money. Here's what I want you to hear. You can have that life. You can experience a life like that. And living a life like that, it's gonna require two things, generosity and stewardship. I want you to never forget that a life of blessing, that it walks on two legs. Now, I know that there's some people that don't like talking about this type of stuff in church. Honestly, I don't know why. God talks a whole lot about it. We all think about it. It affects all our lives. So it's like, I think I would be doing you a disservice if I don't. But... I understand that that exists. And I think sometimes, because I've been praying about why all week and maybe you've had a bad experience in your life connected to this and it's just left a bad taste in your mouth and that's why. And with integrity in my heart, let me say it again. I just want to help you. That's it. I just want to help you. But maybe you don't like talking about some of this stuff because you've made mistakes in this area of your life. And now 
you feel a whole lot of shame every single time it's talked about. Because I've discovered that there's a whole lot of shame that is attached to this topic. And when we feel shame, you need to know that we hide. That our natural reaction to shame is to hide. Because we don't wanna feel that shame and then we don't wanna face that shame. And that, by the way, goes all the way back to Genesis chapter three. We'd rather hide from our shame than deal with our shame a lot of the times. But the problem with hiding is that hiding keeps us from being healed. So if that's you, if you're here and there is somehow attached to this topic, shame, I just encourage you to be here over the next few weeks, like to lean into all that God wants to teach you in this series. Like as much as you feel that shame, don't hide in shame. Because I believe that God wants to do a deep work on the inside of you and help you in this area. And I believe that you can experience tremendous breakthrough when it comes to this. And if that's you, I want to encourage you to lean in. But second thing I want to encourage you, if, that's, if you're here and that's you and you just feel so shameful when it comes to this, maybe or any area of your life, you need to know that Jesus understands what you're feeling. Like Jesus understands shame. He knows what it's like to experience shame. In fact, historically, if you do a study of what a Roman crucifixion was about, it's not just about execution. It's to shame the person in the process. And that's why Jesus experienced this in Mark chapter 15. I'm just gonna read you what Jesus experienced on the cross and leading up to the cross. It's starting in verse 15. It says, so to pacify the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them and he ordered Jesus flogged with a lead tipped whip. Then he, he turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. But he just didn't go on the cross right then and there. Listen to what happened after that. They dressed him in a purple robe and they wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head. And they did both of those things to mock him being a king. And says, then they saluted him and taunted, hail king of the Jews. And they struck him on the head with the reed stick. They spit on him and dropped to their knees in mock worship. Verse 20, it says, when they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. Verse 24, then the soldiers nailed him to the cross, but it didn't end there. In verse 29, it says that the people passing by, shouting and shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Ha, look at you now, they yelled at him. Verse 31, it says that the leading priest and the teachers, all the leaders of religious law, they also jumped in and started mocking Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of the Jews, this King of Israel come down from the cross so we can see it and believe him. And then it says, even the men who were crucified with Jesus to his right and to his left, 
They even ridiculed him. See, here's what we gotta understand is that Jesus, he just didn't die on a cross. He experienced a lot of shame. But here's the good news today, church. Here is something that is worth celebrating. The good news is, is that Jesus, he died a shameful death. So we don't have to live a shameful life. You need to know that today. You need to know that Jesus, what he did on the cross, that he died a shameful death so that you don't have to live a shameful life. That if you are experiencing shame right now in this area of your life or any area of your life, if you've made a mistake, if you feel like I've not just made mistakes, I am a mistake. That if you are weighed down today by shame, by guilt, by regret, by condemnation, you need to know that Jesus today is here and he's saying, I went through that so you don't have to experience that for one more minute. You know how the world likes to say, hey, because of what you did, shame on you. You need to know that today Jesus is here and he's saying, shame off of you. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes and God, we just thank you today for Jesus. We are so grateful that because of Jesus, that he went through shame to take our shame. And God, right now, we come to you with all the things that we're talking about in this series and we all have experiences, we all have maybe things in our heart, walls, barriers that may keep us from receiving what you have for us. But God, right now, we lower our defenses, we lower our walls. And God, we give you permission to speak to us over this series. We wanna receive everything that you have for us. And so God, we open up our, our lives to you we open up our mind. God, we lower defenses and walls and we just ask for you to speak to us in this series. And why don't right where you're at right now, we do this every week, but we wanna make sure that you have time to ask God right here, right now. Just ask him, God, what are you speaking to me today? Maybe ask him that. Ask him for a next step. Maybe you can ask him this, like, what does my response need to be to this message? And maybe you need to make the decision to go all in in this series and give God permission just personally to do whatever he wants to do over this series. Or maybe for you, you need to grab an act of kindness card and you need to just be praying this week for God to open up a door for you to be generous. But maybe you're here and you feel so far from God and you feel like today I don't have a relationship with him. Maybe you are here and you are carrying a whole lot of shame that you don't have to anymore because of what Jesus did. That today you can receive grace, you can receive forgiveness and he can take away that shame. And we wanna give you that opportunity to start a relationship or to restart a relationship with God. And what we believe is that that is the most important decision of your life. And we're not gonna point you out. We're gonna make you come forward or embarrass you in any way. All I wanna do is I wanna lead you in a very simple prayer. 
And if you wanna be included in that prayer, if you know that today, that's what you need to do. I need to get right with God. I need to give him my shame. I need to receive grace. If you're here and that's you, whether it's for the first time or it's all over again, on the count of three, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand and say, include me in that prayer. And if you're here and that's you, boldly put your hand up in the air. You know God's speaking to you. One, two, three. Just put your hand up in the air and say, that's me, that's me. I got you, I got you. It's awesome, it's awesome, it's awesome. Anybody else? Yeah, yeah, that's great, that's awesome. If you're watching online, if that's you at home, just right where you're at, just say, that's me, include me in that prayer. That's awesome. You can put your hands down and just pray something like this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I love you. I need you. And I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. I repent. I change my mind first and I change my direction. Will you come live inside me? and Will you change me? Will you make me brand new? I surrender my whole life to you. I give you my life. I give you everything. And Jesus, today I receive your grace and I give you my shame. And today I choose to follow you, not just today, not just this week, not just for the rest of the year, but I choose to follow you the rest of my life. I wanna be in relationship with you. And we thank you so much for Jesus that makes all of that possible. We are so grateful for Jesus. And it's through Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, church. I want you to clap your hands and celebrate with those that just made that decision. Come on, hands went up today. People received grace today. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at queencitypeople.com.